if you're listening to this and you're like, oh my God, I'm so overwhelmed. What was I supposed to do? I always say, you know, for starters, the menopause reset has met much of this listed out for women, but I think it's just the awareness is the most important. We have to have an awareness that things have to change. If we don't have that awareness, that's where we're going to end up with a problem. All right, my friends, it's Dr. Anthony Balduzzi. I want to welcome you back to another amazing episode here on the Fit Mother Project podcast. And boy, do we have a great one in store for you today because we are joined by a true expert, Dr. Mindy Pels, who is a renowned holistic health expert and one of the leading voices in educating women about their bodies, their metabolisms, and how to actually do intermittent fasting properly. Through her books, The Menopause Reset and Fast Like a Girl, Dr. Mindy has empowered hundreds of thousands of people around the world to harness their body's own natural healing abilities through fasting, diet variation, detoxing chemicals from the body, stress management, and lifestyle changes as the key pillars to achieving optimal health and slowing down the aging process. And today we're bringing Dr. Pels on to talk about metabolic health, fasting, and optimizing health, well-being, and longevity for busy moms, particularly women over 40. So Dr. Pels, welcome to the show. We're so happy to have you here. Oh, thank you. I'm so excited to be here. So you wrote some very impactful books, and we'll definitely link those in the description. And I think it's a nice way for people to get acquainted with your work. Um, both of those, Fast Like a Girl and The Menopause Diet. What's your fundamental premise on what's wrong and underserved when it comes to women's health? Like, why why did you have to write these books? Why wasn't it just like mainstay information? Not that like it's, oh, you know, it's I'm glad you did. Gosh. But like, why, why are these like best-selling books that everyone's like, oh my gosh, I've been wanting to hear this forever? You know what? It's such a good question. I'm laughing because a lot of times, especially with Fast Like a Girl, I was w- wait like somebody stand, put your put your hat in the ring. Somebody stand up and teach women how to fast. I watched the obesity code come around. Everybody loved what Jason Fung had to say about fasting and weight loss. And then I watched, you know, uh, uh, Dave Asprey bring Fast This Way and Will Cole, Intuitive Fasting. These are all great books, but nobody was giving women the the how to start to fast differently. Um, And same thing with the menopause reset. It was like, why is nobody talking about, and they still aren't talking about the lifestyle that women need to bring into their world um, when they are, you know, moving into their 40s. So I, I... they're just conversations we're not having. So to answer your point, I think the bigger issue is that we're not bringing women's hormones into every aspect mm-hmm. and every con- conversation around a woman's health. I don't care mm-hmm. if you're talking weight loss, hot flashes, sleep, brain health. You ha- you can't talk about women's hormones or women's health without bringing her hormones into the picture. And we have not only a society that is illiterate when it comes to hormones, we have a cultural hush where women aren't given the opportunity to talk about our hormones. So we have a lot of, you know, we don't want to, we, everybody knows that a woman's a little more moody the week before her period, but we joke about it. We villainize it, but we don't actually help her understand that. 
We don't mm-hmm. have a, a, a healthcare system where when you go into your doctor, your doctor who does a complete CBC and is looking at cholesterol and insulin and fasting glucose doesn't even ask you what day your cycle you're, you're on. And all of those things I just mentioned, by the way, change according to a woman's cycle. And so it's like this conversation that's not being had that has to be had. And I think that's all my books are doing is I'm cracking open in the conversation. And I would say that the success of them is because women are like, finally, thank you. And, yeah. and it's a broken system. It's a broken uh, societal issue that I would like us to stop and to free women to start talking about it. Nice. Well, I think this conversation today is going to be another piece of the puzzle of you doing that around the world, the different podcasts, videos. I want to also reference, if if someone gets really excited about this conversation, you have a fantastic YouTube channel, which would be a great place for people also to dive deep in and learn more. Um, and, and, you know, I'm only in this aspect to be able to speak from a certain vantage point of experience being a guy. Um, I also see that there's a lot of opportunity when women do understand this, right? Because yes. women's bodies have this cyclical hormonal nature. And when you understand how these hormones ride, you can ride the wave instead of feeling like you're fighting it. Yes. You can optimize your training and your fasting and get good benefits because you got times when LH is surging yes. and maybe you want to do certain things during those particular times. And so I think because our audience has varied degrees of scientific background, it'd be nice as we get into this, when you feel relevant to define some of these hormones that are key, um, maybe some of their basic actions and, and stuff like this. Um, and so let's talk about like what's generally going wrong with women's hormonal health today. And maybe it's like metabolic stuff, insulin resistance. Like let's start there and then we'll weave our way into fasting and different therapeutic approaches. Yeah. Yeah. It's such a good question. And the other thing I want to add to that before I go through the what's wrong with women's hormones today is that I have had so many men like yourself and um, and not just podcast hosts, not just doctors, but also husbands and, and fathers that are like, hey, thank you. I'm learning a lot by listening to you and realizing that there's a different way I can communicate to my spouse. There's a different way I can communicate to my daughter. Um, I have doctors that are coming to me and going, I had never really even thought to ask what day of a woman's cycle and it's gonna make me look at blood work different. So mm-hmm. we're all in this together, even though this is a woman's a, a woman's sure. issue, um, and it's coming together that and and having conversations like this that's going to change it. So here, here's the primary thing that we need to understand: that our sex hormones, when we deal with men and women, are vastly different. So men, you have testosterone. And testosterone, when it comes in, goes up into the brain and converts into estrogen. So you really only have one hormone you have to think about. And it pulses into your body, they say, somewhere around every 15 minutes. Men work on a daily 24-hour cycle when we're dealing with their hormones. And and, and testosterone is a whole nother podcast to talk yeah. about, but a whole nother issue for men because environmentally that's tanking for men as well. For sure. Women, we have three hormones and they're primarily made in the ovaries, a little bit in the adrenal glands, some of it in some of our peripheral tissues. And these three hormones are estrogen, progesterone, and testosterone. When you look at just lifestyle of those three hormones, they actually need something very different. Fasting is a great example. This is how I discovered, oh my gosh, women can fast but we need to make modifications when progesterone comes in. 
So estrogen loves when a woman fasts. Estrogen loves when you keep glucose low. So if you go keto, it's great. Estrogen's very forgiving of cortisol. So if you work Mm -hmm. out really hard or you have a a hard day at at the office, estrogen's not going to mind. And she comes in day one through day 10 of a woman's cycle and peaks around day 12. So progesterone comes in the back half. Progesterone doesn't like cortisol to be high. Progesterone wants glucose to be high. She doesn't want you to fast. She doesn't want you to go on a keto diet. And she shows up the week before your period. So she's literally like the twin sister of estrogen, but needs the completely opposite lifestyle. Yeah. So if we look at that, think about everything that women have been doing in a weekly format and not in a monthly format. Working out is one. How many Mm -hmm. of us work out the same way every week, never thinking about where we are in our cycle? How -hmm. about diet? How many women have gone from diet to diet to diet? And they're like, I'm a vegan. I'm a carnivore. I'm doing this Mm -hmm. now. I'm doing that. All of these diets had benefits. The problem was for a woman, she was doing the same diet every day of the month and her hormones didn't respond the same way. So eventually that diet will fail. Same thing with supplements, same thing with medication. Everything in a woman's life should be on a monthly calendar, not on a weekly or a daily. Men can get away with that. We can't get away with that. And until we change that, women's health will continue to suffer. That's powerful. I mean, just even knowing that, it kind of at least it seems to me, it like seems a little freeing. Yeah. Freeing if you've like struggled with certain things and you feel like it couldn't stick. And maybe it was like because of the certain timing and the environment. And and also like there's a lot of grace you can have with yourself yes. when you understand these cycles to be able to flow better, to be more forgiving during times and to like really hit it hard sometimes to come into natural cycles. And as a guy who's like, I'd say I'm, I'm like, I've become quite spiritually oriented. I always think it's so amazing that women naturally, your bodies are so psyched up, cycled, synced up to these cycles. Yeah. So like there's such beauty in the rhythmicity of all that. And it doesn't have to be as structured. So let's maybe get into like, how can, what can someone take away from this basic understanding of the estrogen is high at times, the progesterone is high at other times, and how can we start to change our diet and our exercise? Let's kind of get into that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I, and the first thing, part of that conversation is exactly what you just said, which is I want to free women of the guilt and the shame and the, and the negative talk that we have accumulated with every diet we failed at, with every exercise program that didn't give us the perfect body, with every you know supplement promise or medication promise, because what happened is potentially all of these tools were great. You just put it into a wrong formula. And now we're gonna, mm-hmm. uh, that's the, the conversation to be had is let's put it back into a monthly formula. Yeah. So with that in mind, the best thing to, to, to take that conversation and move to a higher thought is that women are as cyclical, or, or let's put it this way, are really timed with nature. So, yeah. and what we are the most timed with is the moon. So yeah. the moon we know controls tides. That's how powerful the phases of the moon. It can control the ebbs and flows of our oceans. So if it can control that, it can control many of the aspects of what a woman is going through. 
Now we are 70 to 80% water. We know what the moon's influence will be on big bodies of water. Now let's look at each individual. So if you are doubting this concept, just know to your point, I love what you said, that we are connected to nature more than men. It's just part of our natural being. With that in mind, this is my dream is that we, women start to see the first couple of days of your period is what I call a transition time. And that transition time, you actually have access to both sides of your brain, the right hemisphere and the left hemisphere. So you're incredibly intuitive, psychic um, on those, and, and really quite intelligent on those first two days of, of your period. So pay attention to what your brain is telling you. The other thing about these first two days of our periods is the week before that, progesterone was coming in. That is the time we are supposed to go into a little more hibernation. We're a little more intuitive. But the other thing that's happening during that week is that things that are irritating us might be clues as to patterns we need to change because we are Mm -hmm. very in touch and inner the week before our period. I always say progesterone's the introvert estrogen's the extrovert. So Mm -hmm. when we go into that back half of our cycle, day 21 till we bleed, pay attention to your thoughts. What are you thinking? Pay attention to your relationships. Pay attention to the things in your life that might not be working for you. Because once you start to bleed, you're going to have these first two days where usually those are pretty heavy for women. They'll start bleeding pretty strongly. And it's a time where we can purge, not just our blood is a purging, it is a detox, but we can purge old patterns that are no longer serving us. So that time period, if we grabbed a hold of that for women, we could save so much suffering and we could use our intuitive magical wisdom to be able to better identify what's working for us and not. Nice. That's, I mean, what, that's like wow. the start, right? Like, I'm excited. Like, <laughs> I'm so excited about this. Right. And like, as I should be, you know, I have a wife and a daughter. So, Perfect. you know, this is like beautiful to be able to celebrate these cycles in a, in a deeply connected way. Okay. So, I mean, I think, again, I'm hearing this message that like, it's, it's grace just keeps on coming through. Like it's time to take the space and and do things, but also times to hit it hard. And maybe for those that are planners, this could be really synced up when you start to watch your cycle and like sync things in hard workouts when estrogen's high, you know, after you stop bleeding and then later on you were relaxing a little bit more when the progesterone is, is peaking and and stuff like that. So where does fasting come into this? Cause you wrote a whole book about fasting and obviously fasting is a powerful trigger and a very natural thing. So how does that play into this whole cyclical nature? Yeah, so when you, after those first couple of days of your of your bleed, like to me, day one is when you actually need to use feminine care products. That's day one. It's mm-hmm. not spotting, it's, it's the official day. Um, those mm-hmm. first two days are gonna be this transition period, but then your body's gonna start to ramp up estrogen. And mm-hmm. the environment that estrogen wants to thrive in is one where glucose is low, insulin is low, and really toxins are low. That's another piece that we can pull into this equation. So you'll be ramping up estrogen pretty much until about day 10, day 11. So please go keto, keep those carbs low and go fat, do more fasting and you will see the good estrogen come up. Good estrogen 
will help to protect you against the harmful estrogen. So I'm sure you've talked about this here, but there's three estrogen metabolites that estrogen breaks down into. One is helpful and two are harmful. Harmful. Mm -hmm. So let's use that first 10 to 12 days of your cycle to build the helpful protective ones. And that's where fasting comes in. More mm-hmm. fast than if you if you haven't started fasting, it's a great time to start fasting. Um, if you want to do a three day water fast, which is an a, an incredible spiritual experience and, and cleansing of your body, do it in the in that time period. We also know that that's your brain as estrogen goes up. A woman's brain starts to come online, and she can create. She can stay focused. And because estrogen doesn't mind cortisol, it's a great time to lean in on a project. (laughs) So if you have a project that's going to keep you up all night or you're working seven days a week, do it in those first 10 to 12 days because estrogen won't mind it. When we go into that, the ovulation window, day 11 to day 15, estrogen's at her peak testosterone comes roaring in. And this is it. This is like the big thing. I wish every couple, at least every heterosexual couple, even same-sex couples could use this. When a woman is in ovulation and testosterone is at her peak, not only is her libido going to be the highest, but her motivation and her drive is going to be incredible. She has estrogen, so her mental clarity and her creativity and her focus is going to be on point. And then she has a little bit of progesterone during this little five-day period where she's going to be calm and a little more relaxed. So we think of ovulation as the time to create a baby, but if you wanted to launch a business into the world, if you wanted to start drawing or do some kind of artistic project at that time, that is a really good window to do it. You can create whatever you want because you have all these superpowers, these hormonal superpowers. But that also makes it not a great time for long fasts. So I like during ovulation to keep the fast around 15 hours. Some people can go to 17 hours, but nothing longer than that. In Fast Like a Girl, I map out six different length fasts. And so the ones that go like 24, 36, 48, 72, those should not be done at this time. You also, nice. You're also not really great. This is not a great time for keto either. Because progesterone doesn't like your glucose to go low. But it is a great time to up your, your vegetables because mm-hmm. and, your, and, and cater to the microbiome. So I call it hormone feasting foods, where we bring up our vegetables, we bring some fruits back in, we bring squashes and potatoes. These are not keto yeah. foods. Bring them in at ovulation in the week before your period, and then choose the other two times to go keto and, and more fasting. Nice. Okay. So I love this so much. This is so practical, so empowering. What does a day in your life look like during the high estrogen period? And then we'll talk about what what a day in your life looks like during ovulation and then the progesterone in terms of foods you do, what your kind of daily rhythm is. Yeah. So so here's the funny part of that story is that I'm six months into my menopausal journey. But I, so like, I'm like, the more I teach this, I'm like, hey, I kind of wish I had my cycle back. But, um, yeah. but we've been testing the theories that I'm, that I'm telling you on millions of women. And I've been testing it on myself for the last 10 years. So this okay. is what it looks like. Usually the first couple of days of my cycle, I, you know, I feel like I don't, I, I don't really want to work out hard. Um, I'm not really looking f- to fast, but I notice that my hunger shifts. So the, the, when the week before my period, I notice I'm more hungry. 
right when I start bleeding, I just notice like I'm just not hungry. So as Mm -hmm. that shows up in those first two days, I usually do one meal a day. So I'll go into just having dinner. I like to have dinner around five o'clock and I'm, I'm a meat eater. I'll go in with a grass-fed steak and a big salad and a sweet potato. That's kind of, kind of my go-to for the first couple of days of my cycle. Then usually around day five, I will look at a longer fast, like a 36-hour fast I might throw in. I do a couple of three-day water fasts a year. Sometimes I'll throw that in during that time. Um, But then I go low keto. I bring my carbs down to like 10 grams of net carbs, pretty low keto. And from about, let's just say day five until around day 12, I'm really trying to stay insulin sensitive and it's the and I'm pushing my workouts, that time you'll find it's much easier. You can do it with, like, ask any woman who patterns themselves like this, they'll say, my mm-hmm. God, it was impossible to fast on day 20, but it was effortless on day seven. That's yeah. that's how we're made. So what foods are you, when, you, when you're going that low carb, because I think a lot of women who are listening to this are having anywhere from 50 to 150 grams of carbs depends on how they do. They're probably doing it decently constantly outside of IF. So what do meals look like for you during those very low carb times? When do you eat? What are the food sources? How many meals? When I want to go really low carb like that, it's pretty much a lot of meat and then, Mm -hmm. and then it's greens. So it's meat and greens Mm -hmm. all day long. So, um, that's why I only do it for a short period of time. Now in the book, I give ketobiotic is the, the diet that I labeled for this phase. And I give women the opportunity to go up to about 50 to 75 net carbs. So you don't, you asked what I did. This was just sort of the pattern that worked for me, but some women during that time could go a little bit higher and that, that lets you open it up to more vegetables and maybe a little bit of fruits with a, with a net carb of 50 to 75, you might not get a sweet potato in there, but that's okay. During this phase, if you could lean into vegetables and some berries and some green apples, some of the lower sugared fruits, little lower carbohydrate mm-hmm. fruits with lots of fiber and some protein, you'll be pretty good. Because once you go yeah. into ovulation, now we up, we go into the sweet potatoes. I, I actually recommend somewhere between 100 to 200 net carbs, um, mm-hmm. 150 being the sweet spot during that time. Mm-hmm. Nice. That's super cool. Yeah. What are your thoughts on eggs? How do you incorporate eggs oh, into your diet? All every day. <laughs> yeah, me, me too. And I want to like, I'm a, I feel like I'm a, if you're a crusader for women's health and hormones, I feel like I'm a low-key a crusader for eggs. Cause like we, they're just so misunderstood and they're just so good for your health yeah. and all the fat soluble vitamins, the choline hormonal health. So I'm glad you, you yeah. are a believer in yeah. that as well. Yeah. And, and here's what people should know about eggs. So for starters, it has all the right nutrient profile to make a baby chick which means that it can make ligaments, it can make skin, it can make eyes, it can make hair, it can make everything you see on a baby chick, it has those nutrients to make. There's, we don't have a lot of sources of anything else that has that many (laughs) nutrients in it. So now beyond that, we've got the choline. And uh, my next book that I'm working on right now is what happens to women after 40 to their neurotransmitter system. And why does that contribute to so much menopausal depression? And one of the big reasons is that we're not getting enough amino acids and choline is a huge one. So um, don't fear the egg. And if you are worried about the cholesterol, that conversation is more of one that cholesterol is a congested liver. 
That's all cholesterol is. It's not a genetic disorder that you've been, you know, um, unfortunately given. It is a liver, gallbladder, common bile duct issue, sometimes the small intestine. And you, if you go hunting for that reason, for that why it went up, you'll see that it goes way beyond you ate too many eggs. For sure. And you keep the sugars down. Insulin's not stimulating as much internal cholesterol production. And if you're eating the right kinds of fibers and greens that are binding some of this stuff up and detoxing the body, like you have a effective cholesterol system that you're recycling. And, and yeah, that's, that's beautiful to hear. Okay, cool. So what does your day look like when you're in the progesterone dominant part of the cycle? We're getting like, I know the foods, are you fasting? You're not fasting as uh, much during that time, but you might, are you having a breakfast? What how, when does your first meal come in? Yeah. Is it breakfast, lunch, snack, dinner? Like what, what's the setup that that you flow or you recommend during that latter time? Yeah, so when you come out of ovulation, the hormones dip again. So there's about day 16 to day 19. You can go keto again. You can push your workouts. Uh, you can fast a little more. And by the way, an, one thing that I'm really excited to be uh, collaborating with, uh, do you know Tony Horton, the P90X? Oh yeah, for yeah. sure, P90X, Yeah, sure. so he and I are shooting videos next week to time to a woman's hormonal cycle. And nice. one of the things I've been telling him is we've got to use that testosterone that women get during their ovulation. Why aren't women doing more weightlifting during that time? Yep. If you want to build muscle, that's the time to do it. You've got all that testosterone to help you. So like once you map this, you start seeing you can map everything to it. So, mm-hmm. but anyway, so we come out of, out of ovulation and there's a, a five day period where you can go back into some of these hardcore, um, uh, lifestyle activities that many of the biohacking world loves, but then about day 20 progesterone is going to make her appearance. And this, I called it the nurture phase in the book. I really want to encourage women to nurture themselves. So you will feel more inner. You're supposed to, because you're supposed to hibernate. You know, back in the cave person days, the women the week before their period, you know, they were sectioned off and then they were, they bled, they were continued to section off at that point. After the bleeding was over, they were brought back into the community to start to do a lot of the work. Um, We don't do that now. As women, we push through hard during that time. So, you know, what can you do to slow down? So um, I just interviewed Kate Northrup on my podcast, and uh, she told me that she does everything slower that week. She's like, I walk my kids to school a little bit slower. I don't take as many business calls that week. I don't work out as hard that week. I, I prioritize sleep more that week. That's what's supposed to happen the week before your period. So no fasting. You're not supposed to go keto. Um, when you get your blood sugar too low, it throws progesterone off. The reason we crave carbs is because your body's trying to give you a signal to elevate glucose. So lean into that. Don't think you're undisciplined that week. That's happening to you because progesterone needs glucose to be higher. We also need to keep cortisol Mm -hmm. down. So that's, that's the time to say no to an overpacked calendar or to some of the social events. But I love the word nurture. Just think how the heck can you nurture yourself? And to the, to the men who, want, who ask me how I can su- you can support your, the female in your lives, it's that week. It's to understand that week so that you can take some of the load off of her um, and you can help her transition through that week because then once she starts bleeding, she's back with you and she, she's going to be the better version of her. But as long as we have women plowing through they're met that last week, we're going to continue to have 
crazy menopause symptoms, PCOS, yeah. infertility, all of these are just signs that women are living out of accordance with their hormones, but particularly that week. For sure. And I mean, I'll expand that comment. They're living out of accordance with like natural law, yes. which is governing women's hormones, which I mean, yeah. I think the same thing could be said about our circadian rhythms in the light, all the artificial stuff that we're doing. It just so happens that women need to be even more synced up to this stuff to ride the wave and, and to have really true well-being. And again, to emphasize the gifts yes. of like the intuition and all the power that comes from those times, as well as the beauty of taking that time to slow down when possible. And this may not mean for someone who's really busy, like pumping the brakes completely, but if you scale back even 25% and that intention is that's part right. of you there, like that's like massive, right? Yeah. I mean, and so good. Yeah. I love that. And it also, it's kind of clarifying when you know ahead of time, this is what I'm going to do. It, you can... It's a really nice schedule. And I think a lot of us enjoy schedules. So yeah, that's, that's really good. I have, by the way, I have more men that go, well, shoot, what are, I wish I had all that to time. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, we've been bitching about it for years. So now we get to take ownership and say, this is what being a woman feels like. And how great is that? And now we can come together and now you can understand us better, which is even better. Yeah. <laughs> Huge fan of that. Okay. So I don't want to throw a wrench into this, yeah. but like what happens if someone's on con oral contraceptives Ooh. or non-oral contraceptives? Yeah. Like, cause that, that must change this a lot. You're not getting that same LH surge. Like you're having more elevated estrogen or progesterone or a combination depends on the birth control. Yeah. Let's talk about that a little bit for a few minutes. Yeah. It's, you have, you have great questions. This is, this is a, you Thanks. can tell you, you have a wife and a daughter, like the, the, the men that interview me that have the best questions have really important women in their lives. So thank you for asking that. Um, I will tell you that, um, birth control is messing this whole system up. And, um, so there's no great birth control answer, um, for women and all of them throw the natural rhythm off. So that's a problem that we need to solve at some point. But with the birth control pill, for example, I don't know if you saw that study that when women meet their husbands or their, their mates when they are on the pill, that their yeah, attraction to them is different. And then when they get yeah. off the pill, that attraction all of a sudden changes. Did you read that? Yeah, I have seen that. Yeah, they like, I, what is it? Like women on oral contraceptives prefer more of like a nurturing like type male versus maybe a little more of a, a dominant type male when they're off the birth control. Am I not getting into that correctly? Or is it a little it's, more, it's it, probably more nuanced Yeah, I mean, that. it's, there's many aspects of it. That is one, but at the core, okay. we are really primal. So we seek out mates that are going to support, are going to have the best support for us reproducing. So what happens to a woman when she gets pregnant is that her immune system goes down because um, she has foreign DNA in her. So she's yeah. going to have a lower immune system. So right. what we do is in ovulation, we seek out the smell of a mate that can support our immune system best. So you're actually connected by smell, but it's based off the immune system for the viability of not only the mother, but a fertilized egg. Wow. Cool, That's right? I also yeah. want to point out, I love this point. Do you know that it's the egg that determines which sperm gets in? That's that's great. Seems seems right. Seems like a microcosm to the macrocosm, <laughs> that's right. I guess. That's how powerful we are. So now yeah. when we get off birth control, our smell, our, our attraction is going to change to our mate potentially because of that smell aspect. Now, hopefully mm -hmm. if it's like you met it, 25 and you got off birth control at 35, you had 10 years to form some other good uh, bonding uh, uh, attractions. 
But it is a really interesting manipulation of the system that is not just affecting our health, but it's also affecting um, our, our relationships. So it's a real interesting one. So what would you suggest to a woman listening to this who maybe is still in an age where she's on some kind of oral contraceptive and but still wants to apply some of these concepts um, to her life? Like, what would she do in terms of diet manipulation, fasting manipulation, training? Like, what are some takeaways and stuff that's still applicable? Yeah. So there's two things for the woman who's on birth control and cycling is one, everything I'm teaching, follow it to what the birth control pill is showing you or whatever, you know, if you're, I think the hardest one is like, if you're on an IUD where you don't have a lot of blood, you want to find a way to track your cycle. Um, there's a yeah. lot of great apps out there right now. We have fast, we just launched a fast, like a girl app that's in beta testing. We're building that out, but it's out there too. So track your cycle and just go according to this new and, and for lack of a better word, manipulated cycle that the pill has you on. Mm-hmm. When you get off the pill, be aware that that cycle may change. So, you you know, you could start to look at the moon, you could start to clue in, you could look at temperature, like I'm pretty excited Aura Ring now has a um, a period tracker. So uh, perhaps Whoop does too, but we have a lot of these like bio wearables that have these trackers in them. So start tracking temperatures and then follow that as your new, because you're probably going to see a cycle change. I think the mm-hmm. hardest thing and the, the one that has shocked me the most with Fast Like a Girl getting out into the world is how many of the 30-year-olds are suffering right now. The 20-year-olds mm-hmm. are as well, but the 30-year-olds, they've been on birth control forever because when they were 16 or 15 and they were cramping and they were moody and maybe suicidal, um, gaining weight their doctor put them on the birth control pill. It became totally. our Prozac. For Everyone was yeah. doing it. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah. So no, what I'm seeing is that once you decide, hey, I want to get off that, it can take anywhere from 90 days to a year to get that cycle back and to detoxify yourself from it. So mm-hmm. go find yourself a good detox. Um, be, make sure you're tracking it. Start eating and fasting for your cycle um, in this new way, and you will see it cleans up pretty quickly. Nice. And I want, you mentioned the lunar cycle again, and I had a question on that that I want to loop back on. Is it, is it that ovulation site goes with the full moon? Is that what it is or is it? Okay. Yeah. Day one. So it's ovulation with the full moon is part of the deal. That's right. So day one of the new moon would be day one of your cycle. So like I have an app on my phone that I track the moon. So day one would be that the first two days is that point where estrogen is going to start to, to build. And so mm-hmm. those first two de- 10 days when the moon is building, so is estrogen. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah. Nice way to remember it too. Yeah. The moon's building up, estrogen's building up at moon peaks. And then you have the, the progesterone yes. phase after the fact when the moon is, is waning. Yeah. Which is really That's interesting cool. from a spiritual standpoint, because how many times do we, we see these things that say, oh, it's a, it's a new moon. It's a full moon. There's so much creativity. There's so much insight. Well, that's the same mm-hmm. thing that a woman's hormones gives her when she For ovulates sure. is she's got all these hormones. So there's so much going on inside of our brains and our bodies during that time, just like what the moon, how the moon influences us all. And then when it starts yeah. waxing, that's when you got to start to think more about progesterone. Yep. Nice. That's cool. Okay. I want to talk about um, how this applies to menopausal women. I know this will be very relevant to you. You're obviously yeah. writing about this, thinking about this right now. Like what should women who are in menopause or even post-menopause 
be doing and some suggestions based on all your experience. Yeah. So when we hit 40, we need to change our lifestyle. The diet that you did at 35 doesn't work for you at 45. And it definitely doesn't work at 55. So for starters, just the awareness at 40, the lifestyle changes. And it changes in five different areas. And this works for postmenopausal women as well, because I really start to see that postmenopausal women didn't make this adaptation. So I've seen more 65-year-olds with hot flashes and weight gain and brain challenges because they just didn't weather that transition very well. So they can go back and do these five different changes. These are the ones I wrote in the Menopause Reset, which has been revised and will come out in, in June. So, but here's how it works. You want to vary your fasting length, like we're talking about. Um, the second thing is you want to vary your foods, like we're talking about. Know how to cycle in and out of keto and fat and, and hormone feasting. You, as a postmenopausal woman, both of those you can do either on a weekly calendar, and I'll talk about that in a moment, or you can follow the moon. I mean, that's what I'm doing now, is I just now I'm following yeah. everything to the moon. The third thing that you want to do is you want to really repair your microbiome because you're getting less hormones. So you need yeah. to break those hormones down. Uh, I've talked to more women that go on HRT or bioidenticals. They notice nothing, but that's because they're not breaking that hormone down. So you want to make sure that you are, uh, you are um, feeding that microbiome with as prebiotic, probiotic, polyphenol foods. Then the fourth one is that we have to start looking at our toxic load. So when a woman goes through menopause, the real ups and downs of our hormones causes toxins to come out of our stored tissues. Yeah. The biggest one is lead. So lead is stored in the bones. So as we yeah. move through menopause, lead will come out, it'll go up into the brain and it's lead is a dumber downer. It will make you depressed and it will start to make it so you can't, you're searching for words, you're losing memory, but also because, because it came out of the matrix of the bone, it's the first step leading towards osteoporosis. Right. So we've got to start to teach women in their 40s, 50s, 60s, and beyond how to detox. Toxins affect mm -hmm. us more later on as we move through menopause. And then the, yeah, the, last, the last one is uh, what uh, Dr. Libby Weaver, um, one of my favorite authors, wrote a book called The Rushing Woman Syndrome. And what we now know about women as they go through menopause is that the sex hormone job gets handed over to the adrenal glands. Yeah. And so if you're stressed out, your adrenals are like, hey, I'm over here making cortisol. I can't make estrogen, progesterone, and testosterone. So I, that's right. going to be put on the back burner. And now your menopause symptoms are going to be worse. Yeah. And it's funny because those same foods that probably support the gut microbiome are going to be adrenal supportive foods yeah. as well. Right. You know, having a lot of those phytonutrients, certain kinds of vitamins, minerals, the vitamin C and stuff like that. So it's also integrated, which is a good promise on that. And I really love to hear that. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of overlap, you know, and even in the psych, the syncing everything to your cycle, there's some overlap. Um, but, and, and there's a lot of tools that you can use that will accomplish many things. Um, but on that note, I have a specific note on the, on the chelation and the heavy metals. So like I, people could go down the, the road of like really looking into medically guided chelation and stuff like that. And there's probably a lot of benefit and a lot of, there is a lot of benefit in a lot of cases for people to do that. Is there stuff that people can do like at home to feel like without going to my primary care physician, what can I do to make sure that I am supporting detox of heavy metals specifically in menopause? Yeah, it's such a great question. The first one is 
scan every toxin in your environment. Know what's in your beauty products, know what's in your foods, know what's in your medication. Um, I mean, we just bought a new car and I, I got in there and I used to be like, oh, new car smell. Now I'm like, oh no, toxins. So I'm like rolling mm-hmm. all the windows down, airing it out um, before I sit in it for a long period of time. I just That's just looking at life through my toxic lens now. So yeah. look at your environment would be the first one. The second one is that I think as we move through menopause, we really need to support our detox pathways. So yeah. this is our liver. This is our gut. So the liver, you know, there's a lot of talk and I hate this because the anxiety goes up in menopause because of the loss of progesterone, which often makes Mm -hmm. the wine habit go up and the drinking habit go up. But that's putting extra stress on the liver. Now the liver can't break down these hormones. And so you're going to have a bigger problem. So, or a bigger hormonal problem. So a lot of love. Castor oil packs are great for the liver. Bitter foods are fabulous. Radicchio is my favorite. Arugula, dandelion greens, more ginger is great. Um, Then you want to make sure you're having bowel movements daily. That's really important for menopausal women. And then we can go into like breath work. Like, are you doing that? You can detox through your lungs. And are you doing dry brushing? Are you getting into saunas? Like there's so Mm -hmm. much you can do before chelation. Um, And and those two steps alone could take a woman six months to start to find her pattern with. Totally. And there's so many ways our bodies do detox. You just gave a lot of good things. And I would add, you know, even things like uh, chlorella or spirulina or some of these natural superfoods that have a lot of great phytonutrients also are kind of natural chelators, yep. like which are, it was yep. kind of nice to be able to use those too. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a detox lifestyle we have to absorb, we have to yeah. take in because it won't be like the, where Corella falls short is when people are like, oh, I have heavy metals. I'll just take Corella every day. It's yeah. not, it's kind of a weak binder. It's not that great, but what will help is to support your liver, gut, heart, lungs, skin, uh, lymph system. And now you're going to be able to throw it on top yeah. of it. Yeah, that's right. And then throw some Corella on top of that. And then if you choose to do chelation, you're going to even be more prepared. So we really, we, it's just that we go screaming into our forties and we have no Mm -hmm. idea what's about to hit us. And Mm -hmm. what we've got to start to do is realize that everything has to change because your hormones are changing. And so, yeah. And your margin for error gets, gets much smaller at that point. Right. And, um, and I think what you said about the the toxins and the fragrances, I want to drive that home. Like if someone here is they're still using like old school perfumes or you have scented glade things or you're burning candles or yeah. stuff like that, like you got to, it's could be a hard transition to recognize the truth, but you should look into that stuff some more and like research and you'll see that it's really not good for you. These things are stored in fat cells as well. If you're on a weight loss journey, they get released during that time. Yeah. Uh, it's it can be pretty nasty. Like we live in a pretty toxic world, and we got to upregulate the detox. That's so right. it was a really good reminder. For starters, I wrote it all in a book, and and a really quick and easy book. It's called The Menopause Reset. And Hay House uh, just purchased it. I I brought it. I put it out into the world a couple of years ago. We brought it back. Hay nice. House purchased it. We revised it. It's coming out in June. So there's and there's a whole chapter on sleep that I added that I'm really excited about. Um, so there's that. But the second thing is like. With the toxic issue, oh my gosh, it's so big. 
And we're so attached to many of the things that are toxifying us. So just ask yourself, you know, what am I doing? Am I sweating every day? Am I moving every day? Am I doing breathing exercises every day? Um, You can start with that. And then look at your environment and just look around. Start. Uh, there's a great app. It's called Think Dirty, and you can scan all your beauty products and and see if they're if they have uh, uh, if they'll give you cancer, if they'll cause reproductive problems, which AKA means you're gonna have hormonal challenges. If there's gonna be uh, you know uh, allergy issues, it'll tell you the, every single chemical that's in your beauty products. So, and then the EWG has some amazing uh, information. You can look at your drinking water according to your zip code. So you just, you, you just got to start to get to know your toxic load and look at what you can bring down. Yeah. I mean, this was seriously like a wealth of information. I mean, like it, in just 45 minutes, we covered so much ground and I'm feeling massively inspired personally for my girls at home, as well as for all the ladies who have the privilege to listen to this. This is definitely one of those that would be worth like listening through like another time to go through and, and write some notes the next time through in case you were just listening to this mobile uh, or watching it passively. And of course, your books are like phenomenal resources as well as the YouTube channel. So where would you recommend if someone's super inspired by what you've shared and they want to connect with you deeper and learn more, where would you like to direct people? Yeah. I mean, I think if you're looking, if you like this and you're over 40, both the menopause reset and fast like a girl are awesome for you. Um, so those, I, what I can put in a book is so much more detailed and well stepped out compared to what we can, you know, do on a podcast or even on a video. So, uh, you can go to Amazon or, you know, anywhere books are sold to, to find both of those. Um, then, uh, my YouTube channel, my purpose behind my YouTube channel is to teach metabolic health and the intersection of metabolic health with hormones. So I have everything from everything you could ever ask me about fasting to what do we know about, uh, you know, brain health and hormones. So there's, I put out two new videos every week and I've been doing that for years. I think we have over 1200 videos on there. So there's going to be some, you've been busy. Yeah, there's yeah, going to be something and, there for you. You're maximizing those estrogen cycles. That's I right. Can see that. <laughs> Thank you for noticing. Yeah, yeah, you're probably live streaming on like t- Tuesdays in the first two weeks of the of the, right. yeah, the month. So you got perfect. It. You I got love it. it. I love that you so, caught on. Yes. So cool. I absolutely love it. I really too, truly appreciate your expertise and you being a champion for this. Like it's crazy to me that this is a message that we're just now getting out in a big way. And I'm grateful that we got to do this. And I'll say this too, if like, um, just because I found this so impactful and I, I'm going to put you on the spot. So you hopefully say yes. If our audience comes to us and they're like, this was amazing. Like, we'd love to have you back on in some capacity to speak to our fit mother community. Yeah, I would love to. And, um, I just want to say thank you for giving me the opportunity to talk about this. And I especially appreciate the men that are catching on to this because you're mm-hmm. right. Uh, why did it take us till 2023 to have this conversation? Um, and mm-hmm. I think a large part of that is we had to see that the healthcare system was not serving women and more and more women were speaking up about how they weren't feeling heard or they weren't feeling like they were getting well within that system. So yeah. if you're listening to this, like you said, share this podcast out. Keep mm-hmm. the I, What I'm trying to do with my books is I'm just trying to open the conversation. Now it's our job to all step into it and keep talking about yeah. it and learn it and share what, what we're seeing work for us. 
Nice. So true. And if someone finds this valuable, do reach out to Dr. Pels. I'm sure she'd love to hear that you found this impactful on her channel. So comment on that. And there's going to be links and stuff in the description of this episode so you can connect with her more. Dr. Minnie Pels, thanks for coming on. This is a wonderful experience today. Dr. Anthony, thank you. I really enjoyed it. Appreciate you. All right. Bye, y'all. Hey there, my friend. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the Fit Mother Project podcast. If you love what you heard, I have a favor to ask you. Please consider taking 60 seconds right now to leave us a rating and review on our podcast. Leaving us a review is super quick. It only takes a minute and it's so, so helpful to us as it really boosts this podcast to reach more people who need this information and this message. If you're listening on Apple Podcast, you can leave us a star rating and review. If you're watching on YouTube, you can hit the like button and leave us a comment. Overall, I truly appreciate you being with us here on the podcast. On behalf of me and my entire Fit Mother Project team, we truly feel honored and grateful to support you and your family on your journey to fantastic health. I thank you for your support of this podcast and of this mission. Also, if you're interested in joining our complete Fit Mother program and becoming an official member of our community, you can visit our website, fitmotherproject.com. And on the Fit Mother site, you'll be able to see our complete Fit Mother program along with our online store with the best supplements designed for busy moms. And you'll also find a ton of free resources like recipes, workouts, meal plans, and more. God bless you and your family. This is Dr. Anthony Balduzzi signing off. I'll catch you on the next episodes of the Fit Mother Project podcast.